Hi, welcome to Mayor Studies, the podcast about John Mayer. I'm one of your hosts, Jill. And I'm the other host, Lucas. I love how you're clapping for yourself right now. No laughter, just smiling. Good job to you. Very professional. Yes. Um, you say what episode it is next. <laughs> oh, is that what happens? Okay, I don't nice. Know. That's usually what we do here. Hey, uh, welcome to episode twenty-two, girls in one. Can I? Just how did say we how miss pro- that and not do China girl or China doll for this episode? Oh, because I don't care about the number. Oh man! And it was my. It was. It's not China doll. It's paper doll. Paper doll. Thank you. And because um, I don't care about that as much as you do, because I believe John when he tells us it's not about Taylor Swift. How you can That's pick not any this number? Episode. Any number. <laughs> Uh, episode 22. This is Jill's <laughs> pick this week. Jill picked a song that she's been talking about since mm-hmm. the podcast started. The song is from Born and Raised. This Wh- is... Whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. There you go. I'm not Three crazy times. about the name. It could have just been called Whiskey. Wh- it could have been called Whiskey X3. It could have, like when people do a collab. You know, like <laughs> Fenty X. Savage. I was going to say Rihanna, but Rihanna's company is Fenty. But right. Yeah, and I don't know. Are you supposed to say Times or X? What, is, what does it mean? I just, just say X. Yeah. You say X? Yeah. That's what I thought. And then the other day I was watching a video of someone famous, like mm-hmm. who should know, right. and they refer to it as Times. Oh. Now, I've always thought it was X. Put it on the pole. Yeah, because that has to do with John Mayer. And also, if it's Times, that's math, and that bothers me. Anyways. Well, it's, this comes from that. That's the idea. It's supposed to be the multiplication symbol. You're multiplying symbol. it? Yeah. It should be the addition symbol, though. Because it it's, it's Lucas and Jill collaborated to make this eyeliner. You're... Well, okay, it's us, so nail polish will go with for you. But it wouldn't be you times me, because that would be like a lot of us, and the world has enough Lucas and Jones. It, it really doesn't. Although it I could can... use multiplying myself this particular week. That would be helpful. Aw. Two gels. Yeah, because you, you have a lot of news to cover here. I do. Okay. You could have had one Jill nice just segue. to prep you for the to John in the news and right? another Jill to prep for the song, right? So I want to apologize first that we're not doing one podcast episode just I, about I, the Montana show and or Walt Grace. I'm not apologizing for that. You That's, should. A lot of people asked for it. You should. That means they want to hear us talk more. I don't um, know why. Did you hear my voice right then? Talk more. <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys sure? <laughs> we're already talking once a week. We'll cover everything. <laughs> We'll fit it in. So, John in the news. Yeah. We finally got to John's Montana show, Just John. That reminds me of that show that's about us, Will and Grace. Just Jack. Just Jack, yeah. Okay, so it's Just John. I signed up for the streaming. I feel like we need to clarify that. Never mind. That that show's about (laughs) us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so Lucas is straight. But the the, the dynamics of the friendship. Or is he? Last I checked... All right. Are you not straight? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was just like keeping an air. Should we talk about this off air? I was keeping an air of mystery. I've talked, I've actually talked about it on the show. Being straight? Yeah, I've outed myself already. Yeah, but if you could have not mentioned, like, maybe you were bisexual and it's like that hadn't come up yet. No, I've talked about being like a cishet straight white man. Oh, yeah, no, you have. have. Yeah, you use all the buzzwords that I don't necessarily understand all the time. Okay, so anyways, let's get back to the topic at hand. John's Montana show. I watched it. You did not, but it you've seen not. several clips on the internet by now. I, I feel pretty, yeah, up, up, to, to speed. up to speed on what happened. So actually, the first newsworthy thing that happened that I didn't even talk about with you that the internet went crazy for is John explained the significance of the clock on the Born and Raised album art cover. Did you hear about no, this? No, this is news you to me. You are going to be obsessed Educate with it. me. Okay. So I'm paraphrasing, and I didn't come really great prepared for this because that looked I was, like it physically hurt you it, like, it did i'm so disappointed in myself because uh-uh. i was so excited to talk about walt grace so what it is essentially and this is definitely paraphrasing okay is that john was like the first he was surprised no one got it mm-hmm. which is to give strength to my theory that he does look at the internet and i do think he knows about our show i have a second argument to that later okay so he said he was looking for someone to figure it out he thought someone would he was going to send them something because mm-hmm. he was going to be so excited how he thinks anyone ever would have figured this out the time on the clock is i don't know because i didn't come prepared like 10 34 or something okay and he said that he was looking at it because he's obsessed with time he talks about time and his music which is what we always and say he's a watch collector he referenced that also. Did you? You didn't see this though, right? No, I didn't okay. see it. So I just he, I know things. You do know. Well, you are on the podcast. Yeah. So he said that if you were looking at the day mm-hmm. as your life. Okay. When he made this album, mm-hmm. he would have been at that time in the day. Like he calculated out like how long his life would be, what that would mean if you fit it into one day, what the minutes are. And he said, now I'm like having lunch. 
But when this album came out, like it was between breakfast and lunch, and there was like brunch. Some, he's having yes, he's having brunch. He's having a whiskey brunch right? even at that. <laughs> and so he said, I guess there were some like younger looking girls, like you guys are fourteen, like you're still at breakfast. Mm -hmm. But you know now I'm at lunch, and I was like I didn't get it, and I thought I'm totally like let down by this. And that was anticlimactic. I'm very disappointed. And then I thought about it, and mm -hmm. I sat with it, and I was like, oh my gosh, what a John Mayer thing to do. And how on earth did he think someone would have thought? Well, John decided one full day is your entire <laughs> yeah. life. Time, and you found a way to calculate. So then this girl posted on the John Mayer Knows Best Facebook page, mm -hmm. the John Mayer Clock Calculator, mm -hmm. which is like a Google thing you could type your information to. So she's 44 and she expected to live till age 80. Mm -hmm. So the minutes she ages per year are 32. Total minutes she has to live, 2,560. Minutes you've lived so far, 1,408. Your current John Mayer Clock age is 1.12 p.m. Wow. So props to Maggie Steele, however you say the last name, T-Z-A-K-O-S, Zakos? Sure. Because you wouldn't say Zakos, right? Right. Sounds like a nice Greek last name. Yeah. I mean, she took it a step further. I haven't done the calculator because if... John's two years older than me. Mm -hmm. So I figure if he's having lunch, I'm like in the kitchen preparing lunch. Right. Or two, one, two years? I don't know. A little bit older. You, uh, you know what I would love? Mm -hmm. I would love to li live... 525,600 minutes. That would oh, be great. You love a good rent. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, so that rocked my world, and okay. it didn't rock my world at first, right. but it rocked my world later. I would also like to say the band that opened for John was called The Last Rebel, and I am absolutely obsessed with them. Nice. I was so annoyed when I saw there was an opening act mm -hmm. because I was excited to see John Mayer, and I just, I don't know why I thought there wasn't. I don't think there was for the other shows that I'd heard about. They played their first song, and I was like, this song's amazing. It's on my Spotify playlist now. I'm obsessed with it. I think they're from Montana. I was going to ask that. He brought Montana up his band? wife, mm -hmm. and he's like, you guys would know her from the blah, blah, blah band, making oh, it sound like it was local. that's so cool. Yeah. They Could seemed, you imagine? No. That's what I was about to say. They are so wholesome, their content, about how excited they are. I just want to give them all hugs. That would be like if... John Mayer did a show in Redlands. Oh, like, I'd die. Why would he? I would literally die. And I opened. Could you, I would die twice. And they were like. Deceased. Y'all know him from around town. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. Maybe he'll. Oh my gosh. What if he came and did a show? It was like a Q&A we got to do with him. And mm -hmm. then he played a couple songs. And then you were on drums. You were Aaron oh. Sterling. Who was on drums at the concert. Right? Is Aaron Sterling the uh, one? Yeah. Okay. Um, that would be dope. Right? I know. Okay, anyways, we I got to stay focused. Yeah. There's a lot to say. Okay, so those things happen. Love the Last Revel. We now know the mystery of the clock. At first I was confused, but now I'm obsessed with it. Uh, yeah, I said that girl's name already, so look her up if you want to do your John Mayer time clock. Kudos to her for really being dedicated enough mm -hmm. to go make the time clock. I thought yeah. that was genius. Most importantly, John sang Walt Grace, of mm -hmm. course, yes. because he was singing All of Born and Raised plus more songs at the end. And he said at the end of Walt Grace... Soon to be, he said, no, I'm sorry. First, he said, I'm going to say something that's probably going to get me in trouble because that's what I do. <laughs> and then everybody laughed. And he goes, that song is soon to be a major motion picture and like turn to get a guitar or something. And oh, we talked a lot about how this guitar has only done one thing, mm -hmm. play this song. Mm -hmm. um, and then like. Which you heard here on this podcast. You did. You did. And so then he, he said it and then he like turned and some people yelled and I was like, is he joking? Like what's happening? He turned back. He's like, I'm, I'm definitely being serious. It's for sure going to be a movie. Wow. Did I predict the future? Yes. Yes. I think I did. Yes, you it did. It was actually me and, oh, I wrote it down. Okay, so I called her Simple Stacy in our podcast, but her name was Simply Stacy on Instagram, oh. who had asked the question. Um, now, obviously, I had thought that for a long time myself, but right. I'm very proud of Simply Stacy and I. As I was posting it, she DM'd us like, oh, did I predict the future? Oh, I right, sent you guys right, that. Right. And I was desperately trying to find her name, so thanks for helping with that. Simply Stacy. So everyone's really excited. The internet's all a buzz, right? Mm -hmm. I'm posting about it. You guys, phenomenal. DMing me. Well, it's us because it's our Instagram that I manage it. So right. it felt like me. Yes. Um, totally engaging. We're making casting decisions. I would like to be the you, librarian. You never commented on my choice for. I didn't lead. like it. You didn't like it? No. Oh, okay, so okay. let's talk about that first. We'll okay. talk about casting decisions. Okay. First of all, I feel like we should be cast. I feel like we were part of this journey. I'm not an actor, though. That, that you mean the background? Okay. I'd say you had to have the lead. Can I be at like the bar at the end when the, you could be we're a friend drinking about, at the bar? Yeah, I, I want to be the librarian. 
Because you know the part where you had a library card made me cry. Right. But I'm not pivotal to the role. I don't have to be movie star-ish. Right. I, could, I have a pair of glasses already. So I could just wear those and be the librarian. You could t- totally pull off a librarian look. I think that I could too. Yeah. So anyways, I want to see Joshua Jackson as Walt Grace. Mm-hmm. But everyone else wants to see John Krasinski for some reason. Everybody wants to see John Krasinski do just everything. Just do whatever. Yeah. And then there was another good suggestion. And I can't remember who it is now. It's going to bother me. I didn't screenshot that information. But man, it was all over the place. I'll tell you that much. So we're discussing it. We're having the time of our lives. Mm-hmm. And a few people, I won't say their screen names, and I'm not mad at them, were like, OMG, Jill. Definitely paraphrasing here. Yeah. If you go to IMDb, a website you taught me about when yes. you were much younger, you can see this has been in production since 2020. So you didn't predict the future. Calm down. Paraphrasing. Right. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to look it up. And mm-hmm. there's like a full-on movie poster. Okay. And it says, like, it's in, I don't know if it's in pre-production or what, but I'm like, this just isn't adding up to me. This Mm -hmm. is a long time ago, Mm -hmm. and it's it's referred to as a short on IDMB, whatever. IMDB. That. It's referred to as a short, and John specifically said major motion picture. Mm -hmm. Shorts aren't major motion pictures. They're shorts. So he would be like, this is about to be a short film. This is about to hit the circuit of... Festivals. He mm-hmm. said major motion picture. So okay. my argument is that maybe it was in production a mm-hmm. long time ago in 2019, 2020 mm-hmm. to be a short film. Mm-hmm. And that is not what John's talking about here. He said it so emphatically. Right. So now some people might disagree with me because, you know, if it's on the Internet, it's true, I always say. But, aha, I found more information. Oh, on, right. Yeah, I screenshot it. And then to make sure I read the right, right part, mm-hmm. I... um. I edited it, and now I don't know the website. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but it had the word film in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so just That's look, helpful. Just look up film, and you'll find it. Just Google film. It'll probably be the top, top, top hit, it right? It was like flash film or hot film or something. Anyway, quote said website. Interestingly, a short film version of the song is listed on IMDb as being in the works from actor, writer, director Justin Whelan. The project is listed with a 2020 release date. Oh, so I don't even have my facts right. Hmm. But two years ago, Whelan commented in a Reddit thread that he tried to get IMDb to update the project status to pre-production mm-hmm. because that 2020 date is definitely wrong. I reached out to Whelan's representatives, not me, I'm still quoting the article, mm-hmm. to ask if the filmmaker is involved with this new, quote, major motion picture, mm-hmm. end quote, and received a, quote, no comment, end quote, answer. Mm. So make of that what you will. I will make of it. What I make of it is that I was right. John listens to our podcast, and he got, no, not really. But I do think that this isn't that. I think they're two separate things. Mm-hmm. I think maybe while Grace was supposed to go somewhere, and it didn't, and this is like a fresh, new, it going somewhere. <gasps> what do you think? So I am, I'm in the music biz, not the, you know, film biz. Right. So I'm definitely not an expert here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but... The way I understand it is, so if they're basing it off the source material that John wrote, then what they would essentially do is option it for Mm -hmm. him. And they would option the rights, they pay him some money for the rights to make the movie, and those rights sit with that studio for X number of Mm -hmm. times. Usually the deal is like, you've got to make this movie within however many years, otherwise it goes back, and you can sell it to somebody else. Correct. So it's possible that that's what happened, that mm-hmm. the, he optioned it for this original thing and yeah. never got anywhere mm-hmm. and got kicked back, and now he's got a different financer. Um, Variety is usually pretty... Variety, the periodical, yeah, is usually pretty good. I guess it's a website now, right? But yeah. it used to be an actual physical thing, right? Yeah. It's usually pretty good about like having all the scoop on mm-hmm. anything that's getting made in Hollywood mm-hmm. because these things are not secrets, right? Yeah. You're hiring people. Yeah. They want to get the news out. Your mm-hmm. agent wants to be like, oh, my client got, you know, yeah. has this project coming, whatever. So I'm sure if it was too far along the, the road, we'd already know more yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. So it could just be very, very early in production, I don't know. Um, they're or pre-production, all, would, or could have just... It's just well, for a, sure in pre-production, that, I should say that. They, have, yeah. they definitely haven't started shooting yet. It was we such a that. bold thing to say, because um, Etienne Daniel, who's been listening to our podcast for a long time, mm-hmm. even pointed out, rightly so, that like movies get made, and they don't even get released. Yeah. But like John just said, like I should not be saying this. This is uh, going to be problematic. Yeah. And I'm like, is it so problematic already? John Whelan's like, no comment. Or is he not even involved? And no one, everyone forgot this existed on mm-hmm. an IMDb. Yeah, IMDb. Anyway. Internet movie database. Database, yeah. (laughs) So I just feel like, 
I, I obviously we had nothing to do with it for real, but I do feel like those are two separate things. I feel like whatever's cooking is different, and everyone's like, "Oh, John has to play well, Grace. John has to play well, Grace." But John has just specifically given several quotes since he was in, oh, the guy from The Office. Steve Carell. No, the John guy Krasinski? who just had a movie. Oh, uh, oh, J. No. Something initial initial. B.J. Novak. There you go. So um, I think that maybe is a John Krasinski connection because everyone's like, oh, B.J. must be doing it. It must be his movie. He must be involved, which would make sense because they're such good friends and he was just in B.J.'s movie. Mm-hmm. But um, he said there, like, I am not an actor. John mm-hmm. did. I don't think I'm an actor. I love coming and doing something for one of my friends want me to do. That's it. That's all I'm doing. So right. I don't think that John's going to star in it. Maybe I... cameo. And I don't see him optioning it in a way where it's like, here, this is yours. Mm-hmm. I think his personality is too much like mine mm-hmm. in, like, needing to be a part of or know information Mm -hmm. and then also unlike mine in being such a perfectionist and detail oriented he's like absolutely not you're not going to take my song and make a movie without my input so my counter to that would be like I don't know if I'm a movie studio Mm -hmm. that I would go for that Right. He's got no experience in this business. No, he's a writer. Right? I disagree. He is, so it's, but writing for movies is totally different than writing for songs. Yeah. Completely different mediums. Mm-hmm. So I think if I'm like, listen, John, great idea. I'm going to get you started. You're great at writing songs. You don't know the movie business. I know the movie business. I'm going to bring the people to the project who know the movie business. Yeah. And we are going to make a movie because that's what we do. I, no, I agree with all that. Like if people like Stephen King mm-hmm. don't get input mm-hmm. on their movies. They don't? Yeah, so, there, there, so it depends on... The Twilight on, Lady was all up in Twilight. It depends on... Some would argue that wasn't a good movie. <laughs> right. It depends on what the, what the deal you reach is, how much creative yeah. control you get. And obviously the more uh, entrenched you are, more yeah. well-known you are, especially if you've had books optioned or made yeah. into movies before, adapted, there's a word there, adapted into movies, then um, you might have a little bit more say. John Mayer as a musician yeah I can't see that he's gonna have a whole lot to add to a, a, a discipline a field that's not his yeah and I mean I made that up but I will say I don't think that he is why well, we've established he's very intelligent so he's not gonna say like I need to direct this I need to write <laughs> I just meant he wanted to have like a seat at the table and a voice I know it'd be hard for me to let go of something that I cared about uh, so much and the reaction that people when he started playing the song mm-hmm. and when he said it was gonna be a movie how dare they like my song so much then I got upset and I didn't want it to be a movie because I was like oh that's mine and now everybody's oh, gonna know yeah. about it even though everyone does I guess but yeah. like everyone everyone yeah and it felt like I was being robbed it was yeah which is selfish that i i got i had to get over that like the first time that was really happening was with jimmy world oh it was who, so annoying was, when people found out who about was them. a band i knew yeah. from when they were a little tiny band out of arizona we would see them for like five dollars places exactly yeah. and then um the middle came out and blew up right. and then it was all of a sudden they're playing arenas now i wish desperately that amy who's been in our podcast was here because she has an experience like that and then we'll move on and mm-hmm. watch we talk about the song um with the black eyed peas oh yeah favorite band mm-hmm. she was obsessed with them we saw them at the university of redlands i mm-hmm. think i've referenced that before for mm-hmm. some reason talib quali opens then mm-hmm. we got really into him and like a month later they were like added fergie right. she just lost her mind she's like this isn't the peas and now they're all popular. I think we've all had that where we find something obscure and it blows up. Yep. And it's, it's like cool. It's like, oh, I have great taste. Everyone's copying me. But it's also like, oh, that was mine. Yeah. But we want people to make money. So, so the Black Eyed Peas are now like a pop group, right? But in the original, yeah. they, were like a under, they were like the roots. Yes, They were much. hip-hop, but mm-hmm. with live music. Oh, they're amazing. I met the drummer, Terrence. He was a super mm-hmm. cool guy. Mm-hmm. Gave me backstage pass to go see them. Really? Yeah. You don't remember this? No. Yeah. Was Fergie there that time? No, this is pre-Fergie. Oh, pre-Fergie. Pre-Fergie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they were playing at, uh, I guess it's called the NOS Center now, mm-hmm. or the Orange Show, yeah. right? Uh, so I went. It was great. I've, I've seen them three what times. What an amazing venue yeah. and a fabulous city. <laughs> Anyways, and it was it was great because they were all playing live instrumentation, and mm-hmm. now they are much more popular. And much. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Let's move on. So, right. uh, song bio for Whiskey, 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 because that's what we're actually here to talk about Now, here we are. Later. 20 minutes in, let's actually talk about the song. I know well, we said we could talk about it for a while, but we went a little too long. That's fine. <laughs> they're, they're here for the ride. They know what's up. Um, we've covered Born and Raised before, um, so there's not a whole lot new to say here. Um, it is the same Born and Raised crew, like you saw on the live performance. Mm-hmm. Aaron Sterling on drums. Sean Hurley on bass. Um there's also piano and organ in the song mm-hmm. and you'd be forgiven if you didn't really notice a lot of the instrumentation because it is very subtle mm-hmm. um, but the big difference is you got some harmonica playing by none other than uh, John Mayer himself do you see my posts? 
uh-uh. to announce the song. He's like, I don't have a harmonica, so I'm going to play without it. And he just goes, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I didn't spit on Lucas, but I was wondering. I turned my head. She she spit in the opposite direction of me. <laughs> just at my house. Yes. Um, but yeah, if you've watched him play live many times, he has the the Bob Dylan harmonica setup, as yeah. I call it. Yeah. You know? so He's he, so cute. So he can hold the harmonica without actually having to hold it with his hand so he can play. That has to be challenging. Yeah, like I, playing two instruments at once. I right? don't really know the harmonica, mm -hmm. but I know that harmonicas are in specific keys. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to like mess it up as long as you're in the right key because oh, the okay. notes will pretty much. My understanding is that you can pretty much only blow notes mm -hmm. in that key. Then, mm -hmm. okay. Um, and I have, I have a friend who is a harmonica player. He travels around like a suitcase full mm -hmm. of harmonicas because he's got to have one for each key. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And so I, I don't know that it's the most difficult instrument mm -hmm. to play. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a huge harmonica fan personally. Okay. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. Go on. Uh, other than that, we've, we've covered, you know, Born and Raised extensively, uh, uh, extensively <laughs> at this point. Fault. So if you want to know more about the making of the record or stuff like that, go listen to any of the other songs we've covered from this album. I'm going to Because we're already podcast. 21 minutes in. Yeah. And <laughs> when we stop covering stuff. songs from Born and Raised, like I'm done. Nice. Um, my song bio for this is that it's Andy Cohen's favorite song. Oh, is it? At least he that. said I would probably Andy, like the rest of us, his favorite song evolves and changes. But mm. in a show, like about a year or so ago, he referenced that. Someone told me it's Bob Saget's favorite song. Mm. I didn't fact check it mm. or was his favorite song. Also, nope, that's not it. That's not also. So favorite or notable versions. I'm going to touch on why I picked it real quick. Yeah. Um, it's just, I just think it's a nice song. I just like to sing it. I've always liked it. I paid more attention to it because of Andy Cohen saying it was his favorite song a long mm -hmm. time ago. And I just think it's shocking mm -hmm. how few words are used mm -hmm. to really generate and like elicit a reaction and a feeling which yeah. we'll get into later yeah but i was just like wow that blew my mind so few words it's his gift as a songwriter but it's it showcased them one of the most in these songs i would think the top five that showcases that fewest words biggest impact yeah okay uh notable or favorite versions everyone on the internet was voting for i didn't ask but was voting for the montana Gig. Oh, like okay. it's just the most recent. That's why right. you guys like it. Um, I'm just comfortable with the album version. I've... Yeah, I listened to a bunch of different versions on YouTube, mm -hmm. um, like like live clips, like fans have shot at shows yeah. and stuff. There's not official like live versions. Um, he doesn't talk much before this song. Mm. Usually, I get a lot of juicy nuggets from just like watching fan stuff, yeah. like and he'll like say something yeah. before song. It says so much without yeah. an intro. I don't Can think he talked about it in Montana, but I can't remember. Yeah, like the most he said about it is like before he played it at the Hotel Cafe, mm -hmm. which, uh, could you imagine being I would at that show? I my mind. Right? Could you imagine being at that show? Literally, we need to make a pact right now because I've been meaning to talk to you about this. Uh -huh. Because if you, if the rhetorical you, mm -hmm. sees that the tickets are on sale, you have to immediately act. Mm -hmm. So we will immediately act. Okay. And yeah. then go together. Done. Drop whatever we're doing. You'll have to drive because I hate driving traffic at, in Los at, Angeles. And especially driving at night. Oh, I can't drive at night. I'll fall asleep. There you go. <laughs> and I'll have to wear my glasses. And no, I would lose my mind if I went to that. Yeah. I'd probably act really embarrassing. You might not want to go with me. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with the oh, hotel yeah, cafe. Oh, yeah, you have to live in L.A. or yeah, California. It's, it's, a, it's a very small very small concert venue in Los Angeles. It's cool. Like, lots of big people have played there. It's mm -hmm. like a place that people will just, like, like pop up and do a quick show Randomly. if they're in town. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and you got to be on point But because it's a go. small venue. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've seen shows there before. So I, ironically, I've never been there, but oh. my sister's friend Keaton Simons used to play there all the time, and they went so much in the pictures, and I feel like I've been there, and I, like, literally all I do is, everyone will say it to me, like, you, are you going to go if you play? I'm like, yes, I'm going to go. <laughs> I will, like, get up and walk out of work, and I'm not going to tell anyone. Like, you'll, they'll figure out why I've left. It was an emergency. Nice. Anyways, um, what were we talking about? Oh, so he, he did oh, the yeah. show at Hotel Cafe, and right before he did this song, he said, this is my drinking song. That's it. Yeah, that okay, was it. Nice. Um, so all the live versions, the instrumentation is pretty minimal on, mm -hmm. on this song. So they all pretty much just sound the same. Yeah. There's not a, a huge variation. So given that, go to the album version because it's the highest recording quality. Okay, so uh, we'll move on from that, which is good because we spent a lot of time up top to talk about the song meaning to John in general to us. Mm -hmm. I'll start as yeah. per tradition because it's my choice. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot to say, but I'm trying to say like John concisely. <laughs> so I feel like we all have you don't personally have to be an alcoholic but i think it's almost impossible to go through life not touched by alcoholism mm -hmm. i'm not saying the song's necessarily about alcoholism although mm -hmm. i think you could interpret it that way and so i just thought it was and i'm not an alcoholic to clarify if that's how i just made it sound um it just was an interesting a thing people don't talk about a lot or try to hide 
And so to me, it was refreshing that there was more of an honesty. Like, it's such an honest, vulnerable take. So um, I think that it's not necessarily about alcoholism, per se, but more about self-destructive behavior, drinking too much, missing something in your life and trying to find it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you go on and on. But I feel like it's not a song that's super metaphor-y, even though... You know what I'm trying to say? No, I, I, it's like I, about so many things at once. I, I think this is a very autobiographical song. Oh yeah. I, I think this is very, oh, very much like he's just explaining a time in his life. Yeah. Is, and I, yeah, you can absolutely. It doesn't specifically have to be about alcohol. It no. can be about any form of self destruction. Because Lord yeah. knows that there's more than enough ways that we do that, right? But I think he's probably just speaking from experience. But on this he's one. speaking from his personal experience. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, what about you? I, I think you, hit, you yeah, yeah, I think you nailed it. I think this is a song about uh, finding something that's gotten out of order in your life. Mm-hmm. Something that has taken a larger sized uh, footprint in your life than it should. Mm-hmm. And these things sneak up on you, right? Like, yeah. You, to you, an outsider seeing it for the first time, like, dang, you have a problem. But to you, you gradually got to the Yeah. Point. No one wakes up one day and is like, you know, I think I'm going to like start like abusing alcohol. Yeah. Or I'm going to drink so heavily or, yeah. that it's going to mess up my life. It's, this, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast. Yeah. I'm going to actually spit out the words. <laughs> Uh, I, so addiction is something that's very uh, near and dear to my life. It's impacted Addiction. That's what I should have said yeah. instead of alcoholism. Go ahead. Sorry. It's, it's impacted my life in significant ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not that I, I mean, I guess I have sort of an addictive personality in my own right. You do. But I haven't had like a substance abuse Correct. issue. Um, personally, but people very, very close to me have, and it's affected my life in incredibly dramatic and powerful ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a subject that is like, I could talk about for forever. And so me too. I'm trying to not do that. Ob- obviously, you and I have both had well, we know. Yeah. tortured relationships with alcohol and with yeah. people close to us who have had, you know, worse personal experiences with it. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I've learned over my many years of, of struggling to deal with people who have addiction and everything is I've learned a lot of sympathy that I didn't have at first where at first I only had anger mm-hmm. I've learned sympathy one of the like most striking things I heard was from the famous philosopher uh, Jay-Z <laughs> I thought you were going to say real philosopher yeah no I was so, going to be like oh great I'm not going to be able to follow what comes in this is, this is honestly it's, it was super deep uh, and I wasn't prepared for it it's in his autobiography I think it's called The Code if I remember correctly uh-huh. and he's talking about the birth of Blue Ivy, mm-hmm. right? His first kid. Yeah. And he's in the hospital and he's holding his first kid and he's looking and he just, like, he loves her so much, mm-hmm. right? And he's just like, oh my God, I'm never going to leave you. Mm-hmm. And he has this flashback to like, I bet my dad held me the same way mm-hmm. and thought the same things. Mm-hmm. My dad didn't look at me, hold me and say, you know what? I can't wait to get addicted to drugs and leave you. Oh, is that what happened to him? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like that sense of like understanding of like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Now, because as somebody, you know, when you grow up without a father because he got addicted to drugs and left you, that just course tremendous anger geared yeah. there. But for him to be able to take that step back and be like, no one that wasn't his life plan yeah you know it wasn't like he set out to do this it's really like yeah these things come at you and it's not like a life that people choose because who would right why would you choose this yeah and so i think this song is sort of like hey this thing crept up on me Mm -hmm. but there's a difference between something being out of order in your life Mm -hmm. and you having the disease of addiction right which is something that you're going to be plagued with for the rest of your life yeah and you going to take you like all of your power yeah. to organize your life in a way to keep it that day absent that it can still we can still get ourselves in trouble with it yeah unfortunately for, for yeah. john you can, you can you can look at it and be like oh i'm in a bad place yeah i'm gonna make some changes right yeah. which is amazing willpower i mean and you know the science of whether someone's addicted or has the addiction gene or an alcoholic mm-hmm. or just whatever like that's all someone's personal thing to decide I guess I would disagree I would say the science is pretty clear-cut no I no I mean sometimes people can be have a problem but who's to say they're an alcoholic or they're not like if you oh, can stop on your own yeah the way he did mm-hmm. like where does the, the line between alcoholism and addiction that's really powerful that's hard to do well we also have to imagine it's not an on or off it's not a binary thing mm-hmm. right 
addiction is, is a spectrum and some people will absolutely struggle with it and despite everything they do will never be able to overcome it yeah i have people in my life who have will struggle with it for the rest of their life yeah i also have people in my life who it took up a big chunk of their life mm-hmm. and then something switched for them mm-hmm. and there's it's not even a concern anymore yeah. you know yeah. so not everybody's experience is like different yeah. and it's not all binary like you're either an addict yeah. and it's going to consume your entire life or you're not oh no that's not know? what I meant no. so I, I think there are people who are addicts mm-hmm. who are alcoholics who are successful managing it yeah yeah um, that's I was having a conversation with someone about that a couple days ago who's going through something similar and it's so hard because another disease mm-hmm. like if someone has cancer like mm-hmm. you don't get mad at them yeah. but they're also not actively agitating you and hurting you and right. stressing you out right. and attacking you and acting like it's your fault so it's so hard to remember like oh no they're just sick like you still have to create healthy boundaries so you're okay yeah. and I feel like we've gone off topic a bit so well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> bring it back in this, yes. this podcast is all over the place uh, it's just this is obviously a subject that's very personal to us. To everyone, though. Yeah. To everyone, and I don't understand why people feel like they have to hide it. Yeah. Whether it's them or it's their family member or it's a friend, like the go-to is to not talk, not for me and you, right? Because we're so close. Yeah. But the go-to is to not talk about it. And if more people talked about it and understood mm-hmm. that everyone's experiencing it, either themselves or the family member or with a loved one, I just think we do better. Yeah. Collectively. So. Yeah, definitely. Anyways, I, yeah. Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> We're talking about favorite uh, lyrics. We're talking favorite about lyrics. whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Okay, so I'm gonna say um, that this song. I'm gonna say a hot take. Yeah. I challenge you to find a song that opens more adorably and clever mm-hmm. than "We Pick Up in New York City." Right. It's, don't worry about the next line. Just "We Pick Up in New York City" like it's a book, like you know, yeah. like it's a, a TV show from the 1950s or whatever. Like "We Pick Up Here." Do you not love that as much as I do? Yeah, I do. He's, he's clearly telling the story, right? Yes. And one of his gifts, and not everybody has this, and it's something that's easy to take for granted. Not everybody has the fortitude or the makeup mm-hmm. to just like crack their chest open and yeah. spill it out on canvas oh, no. for Hard the world pass. to take a look at and examine right yeah. and he's very much doing that mm-hmm. in this song he's like picking up in new york city take a look yeah let me take a look open this up yeah. my story is like a comic book yeah. or something so that's one of my favorite lines and then trying to find the man i never got to mm-hmm. be is a, my favorite line in a different way it's uh-huh. not like dang that was cute and clever and adorable and really sets the tone it was just like oh that hurts. Yeah. And then I think everybody, oh, by the way, my lyrics say barking on with no one left. That's not the words. No. It's like walking home with no one yeah, left. Yeah, that's what sounds I was more, I think So we'll say it's right. walking home with yeah. no one left, speak softly underneath my breath. Hey world, you ain't seen nothing left. Great, now it's raining. Why is he so mad it's raining? Is it because he's walking home? No, so I so just, you can hear he's frustrated. Here's how I see it, right? Okay. He's he's stumbling home ah he is yes he is in a bad place great if anyone could look at him and be like oh what's wrong with that guy and here he's like i'm i'm gonna take over the world you ain't ain't seen seen nothing nothing yet yet. (laughs) and 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 then it's raining it's just like the bravado of like oh but the reality yeah right the bravado is like oh i'm gonna take over the the reality no you're stumbling home drunk in the rain that you're not a conqueror you're not a hero you've got a problem man yeah yeah Yeah. because you had whiskey 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 you just had whiskey you would have been fine (laughs) the one is fine yeah and so that that's how i always I, i always see that i think that's i love that because it's this realization of so often, especially as men in a patriarchal society, here's my therapy kicking in, it's so easy to be like, this, have this grandiosity yeah. of like, oh, you ain't, I'm going to do this, that, and yeah. the other thing. Completely disconnected from reality. Very his, much so in this song. Yeah, because yeah. his reality is, I've been on a bender, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, New York City is a city that never sleeps. Mm-hmm. Here, at least 2 p.m., the bars are closed. It could be yeah. 4 in the morning in New York. Oh, that's real? Yeah. Ew. Yeah, it could be four in the morning in New York, and did I tell you my story about being in New York? No. I was in New York at like two in the morning, and you could have had zero idea it was two in the morning. You could so have it said it was busy eight p.m. And, like Vegas. Streets were packed, even more so than Vegas. Yeah, the bars closed about three. Streets were packed, lights so bright everywhere. It was like, yeah, it's two in the morning. Fun fact: I almost went there, and then COVID ruined my trip. Aww. And I bought boots and a snow jacket, which <laughs> I now call my rain jacket. And I wear it, and I'm like sweating because I live in California. Right. Okay, moving yes. on. What's yes, your go. favorite lyric? No, I'm done. Oh, okay. Um, I like "No Devil Drew a Dotted Line." 
Mm, you would like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a long history in, in music of like, oh, I had to sell my soul for rock yes. and roll or this, yes. or the other thing. And I love that he's like, I, no, I didn't sell my soul. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like this pact I made with the devil. Mm-hmm. Like, I I did this. This is the deal that I signed. And I was like, I love, he's like, I'm not complaining. Yeah. Like, yeah, you kind of are in the song. Well, and like that line before at the stage said, the words were mine. We all know that. And we know yeah. what this album is coming after on yeah. the heels of. He's like, I'm, when did he get sober compared to the album? That was I, it was after. It has I to don't have been. know. I didn't know he was sober until I heard it from you. Yeah. So I, that's the only thing I know about his sobriety is what I've heard from you. So. I, I know it was after Born and Raised, so okay. it's interesting that he was looking at it. Right. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say I know, but I feel like really confident. Now I feel like I don't know. And there can be the situation where he's like, hey, I, I went through a problem and it was out of order. Yeah. And then I got it back in order, but I kept drinking irresponsibly. Yeah, as is the, you right. know. Okay, so oh, I'm going to go to listener feedback if yeah. you're cool. Okay, so let's see. Listener feedback is from at Rosie083. I'm always amazed at how he can play guitar and harmonica simultaneously. I can barely play an instrument and sing over it. I was amazed too. Mm-hmm. You are not as amazed. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. We're going to say more. <laughs> we both took a breath. <laughs> he, he's a great guitar player, uh, so that part is always uh, you know, remarkable, but the harmonica is like not that challenging an instrument. Okay. At Adam Central PA says, the whiplash in these lines is so real. Hey, world, you ain't seen nothing yet. Great. Now yeah. it's <laughs> As we've discussed, yeah, it's that is great writing. It's very stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. I learned that. Okay. Isn't it? Because it's like you're just saying what's happening and what you're thinking. No. Well, or just sequential. Yeah, I, I don't. Either way, I, I use I big words. I never so. think of John Mayer's writing as stream of consciousness. I do it's, there. It's too planned and well thought yeah, out. Yeah, that's and true too. Um, that is not what we're on yet. Hold on. Although oh. I guess we did do what song was it? In the blood that he said he wrote in seven minutes. So that's yeah. a little bit more stream of consciousness. Well, he's so like genius, is it though? Right. Okay. So um, um, off topic, but on topic. The poll about always play or skip whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. Eighty percent always play. Twenty percent skip. I think that's probably our highest. This would be good data for me to keep track of, right. but I can only have so much memory on my it's phone. It's so catchy. I I've never like listened to the song and be like, oh, I love this song. But I will find myself singing the chorus yeah. so often. And it's so, we I mean, to talk about this in lyrics. It's just shocking how few words he used to paint that picture. Yeah. Um, at Stefan Hagen said, I think Bob Saget said this was his favorite John Mayer song and that he was the original harmonica used by Jay. Oh, he has the original mm. harmonica used by Jay. Um, I didn't fact check that, but I mean, if Stefan Hagen's read it, I believe it because he's written to us before. Mm. At the Real Slim KDO says, hey, world, you ain't seen nothing yet. Great, now it's raining. Crying emoji, crying emoji. (laughs) It's very popular on the internet, this one. Um, ESQ Mommy YOH said, is this song about his sobriety or lack of, at the time, beer emoji, which I feel like we've addressed now. And at JFLAN65 said, I think this song captures an almost desperate feeling very well. And that is very core if you're trying to really generalize it and just tell someone about the song in a few words. Yep. I think that summed it up. It's just desperation, mm-hmm. like sorrow and desperation probably. At Johnny Whitlock, oh, this one this one shocked me. Cause okay. At Johnny Whitlock, I feel so attached to you guys. <laughs> at Johnny Whitlock and I and you are, mm-hmm. um, tend to be on the same page mm-hmm. and... Yeah, wish him luck with us because if you say anything negative, you'll hear about it later. He says it's a great emotional song, but the second he says, repeat after me, it's fully ruined for me. Oh, okay. Which I thought was interesting because it's not like he's instructing us to repeat after him for singing. Yeah. He's already said, repeat after me other times. And I think he's like encouraging other people to drink. I don't know why it bothers him. Yeah. Um, I think he's taking it in a literal, like, hey, yeah. audience, repeat after me. Yeah. At Rachel Bowman 97 underscore says the Pine Creek version is now my all-time favorite. I just took hers out of 45 comments that said, said the, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. At Lisa Tweak said my favorite lyric in the song is, it's just a phase, it's not forever, it's just a phase, but I might still have a ways to go. Mm-hmm. I think anyone can relate to this song. The song is about transitioning or making change because of an awkward time in one's life. It's also about learning and growing from certain things that may have happened to you. Musically, it's beautiful. The harmonica fits perfectly. I would agree with Lisa Tweaks on that. You too? Yeah. At Vanessa Valeska says, this is a song that I always skip. Okay. She's one of the 20%. But I love the lyrics. It's just a phase. It's not forever. 
It's just a phase, but I still might have a ways to go. Born and Raised is an album of self-introspection and for healing, and this is a song to clear up that he has more to give and do in this world. The song is just near the end of the album with the affirmation, quote, hey world, you ain't seen nothing left, end quote. Ten years later, we have seen. Parentheses, sorry for my English. Vanessa, your English was perfect. Yeah. So I don't know what you're apologizing for. Well done. Yep. And that is the NBA schedule. <laughs> I that's how I, we know. I love when I always run into something random on my next slide, and I'm like, that's not feedback. You know what? I just had this memory occur to me that I totally had forgotten about, mm -hmm. but I actually have heard him talk about being sober. He oh. was on a late night show, and I can't remember which one. This, mm -hmm. is just, this is not something I got in my research. This is an old memory that just popped up. Uh -huh. He was talking, he was sitting on the, in the chair talking to one of the late night hosts, and they congratulated him on being sober and giving up. He was wearing, it's like Paradise Valley Born and Raised era. Hair's long. He's wearing like the hippie-ish well, clothes. maybe this was a catalyst for that. Yeah, and he said, uh, you know, I just, it's not like any big thing. It's just, I finished the course. You know, like yeah. I took the class on drinking and then I'm done with the course. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I did that. I'm done. That was his response. That was like basically his attitude towards it. Well, you know about how he was at a party and that's why he's sober. Mm -mm. I, I want to say it's Jay-Z's, but I think it's because you just planted that in my head uh -huh. talking about him. But he was at some very famous person's party and was like completely, I'm paraphrasing, but trashed, mm -hmm. out of control. Someone else wrote to us and said something about like it took him days to recover. Oh, wow. Some, it seems like something that we don't know about happened that was mm -hmm. either embarrassing or too much. or right. And he was like, absolutely not. Like mm -hmm. this is... And everyone has to have, I don't know if that's like a rock bottom, but like mm -hmm. a moment sometimes it shakes them yeah. so much that they, they stop if they're having a problem. So that, yes, and what he said too, but there was a very specific thing that happened at that was a, a party that was, a that was like, um, this is over now. Yeah. And then it was over. No, good. Okay. So uh, we're going to read the song, which is usually what you say, but I said oh, it yes. because I have the poll. So. Right. Okay. So, uh, well, do you want to start with the poll? I, I guess will. I should say what we're, what we're You say it right and then, yeah. Uh, Jill, does our fan base think that this is a quiet song or that this is the John Mayer who turns the ladies on? Our friends on Instagram almost, not unanimously agreed, but 85% said quiet, 15% said turns the ladies on. Mm -hmm. My take is 100% quiet, right? You don't think this turns ladies on? No. You're not turned on by a man I... saying, cut me off and pour me in the street? Not, not a lot. I mean, no. I have strong feelings about alcohol right. and they are not good ones, so... Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, maybe it's just me, because I I don't know. But, yeah, no, I don't see any of this as uh, yeah. in any way trying to attract a woman. I 100% agree with I'm that. I'm a little worried yeah. about what people think it is. I don't know. Maybe it's just John, and John's never not I mean, if you, if you look through it from my lens of loving vulnerability mm -hmm. and self-reflection, I guess you could make an argument there. The, it, you can make the argument that like he, he realizes that there's a problem, he's willing to correct it. I'm so excited this was maybe a catalyst for him. That right. Okay, yeah. But, I, I think it's a weak but, argument. But, but yeah, we're, we're, we're abstracting searching. it then, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're removing him from the present tense of the song, and the present tense of the song he ain't turning nobody on. Right, yeah. okay. Alright, well Jill, this, the, uh, this actually I have no idea where you're going to go with this. I'm interested mm -hmm. in this. Mm -hmm. How much does this song make you love John Mayer? Because I know you have very strong feelings around the topic of alcohol. Yes, I could host a whole podcast. As could I. Yeah. yeah. Two different podcasts. <laughs> the, I mean, not necessarily. Like, a good podcast for us to host, actually. Right. The entire, like, first 39 years of my life are essentially defined by... Sobriety. Yeah. Sobriety by my, my strong response to having people who have alcoholism yes. in my life. I remember my 21st birthday party well. You were not amused. Yeah. Because back then I did drink, not, and, not much ever. And I didn't. No, passionately, loudly. I was loudly. violently, aggressively, You were the angrily. loudest non-drinking person. Yes. <laughs> we would get louder as we drank, but you were still the loudest. <laughs> and then at some point in our life, the, the, those rules changed and you stopped it drinking did, and I started. You don't drink. And when I did drink, I barely drank. Mm -hmm. And you're not like a heavy, heavy I'm drinker. definitely not. Okay, moving on. Next question. Oh, you didn't answer. Oh, you, you asked it. Yeah, I asked the question. You didn't answer it. It's been a tough week. Yes. Yeah, so, um, oh, I get, maybe I didn't get through it. Or, yeah, or no, you, so didn't you didn't get through it. How much does this song make you love John Mayer? Okay, contrary to what I just said about the poll, mm -hmm. because how much I love John Mayer is not a turns ladies on moment. Right. I'm giving the song a four point five. Okay. Which I think 
I think I gave Walgrace a five. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone else has gotten a four point five because again, terrible at keeping data. Literally, like the last song I listened to on the podcast, you gave him a four point five. So. Really? What yeah. song was it? I don't remember. <laughs> I, just, I think I'm so harsh. It's one of the recent am. ones, and because you said the same thing, then like I don't know if I've ever given a song this high of a rating. <laughs> I'm but, gonna say it every time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, four point five because of my strong feelings for mm-hmm. alcohol. One. So it. It shines a light on that, which if you think about, there are there are songs that shine a light on addiction and alcoholism and the bad side of like partying, if you will. But mm-hmm. mostly, it's glorified. Mm-hmm. So I love a different take. I love vulnerability and honesty. We pick up in New York City as the start of a song. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys, that's worth a point alone. And I just love that for him, even in the moment, because like the first step in something like this is recognizing there's a problem Mm -hmm. and I don't know where this was on his journey but he really pulled back recognized there was a problem and got out his paintbrush of guitar and words and just made a beautiful picture and I don't know how you don't how it's possible to not love this song and love him more because of it what about you? Yeah I I probably same as you I I enjoy the song a lot of songs on this album have sort of a lullaby quality to them Mm. and I feel like this one does as well yeah Uh, this song could absolutely put me to sleep Mm -hmm. Um, I don't mean that in a bad way I mean that in a there's a relaxingness to it um, that I I really enjoy Mm -hmm. it's very super super catchy and yeah I I think we've I've I've thoroughly established you know I've spent the vast majority like 90% of my life is the angry straight edge guy with the X's on my hands and mm-hmm. all of my clothing was revolved around the fact mm-hmm. that I don't drink and um, even though I, I'm no longer straight edge and I do drink now I don't like I always said, really. I don't know that I was wrong mm-hmm. like I, you know like, the, the anger was obviously a problem and it was yeah. sidetracking my life and that's why I had to let go of it mm-hmm. but uh, that I don't know that I was wrong that the more healthy lifestyle is just to not drink at all mm-hmm. um, and so like you know there's anyone who respects that my biggest pet peeve is when people like um pressure other people to drink do not get me started yeah do not get me started I, that that why is that set, a thing? that will 100 percent set me off alone. yeah there's a good reason why they're not they're like we yeah or maybe there's not who cares they don't have to the do, reasons they don't want to yeah would you pressure someone to eat it well shoot i pressure you to eat cookies sometimes never mind you do. <laughs> i just want to spread the love yeah. food is love okay so discussion questions i actually have a couple okay let's and do i want to make sure we fit them in before we run out of time yeah uh, what does it mean when he says he wouldn't trust a girl who didn't? That's my discussion place? question too. <laughs> a follow-up question: uh-huh. What place would you not trust a girl if she knew it existed in Redlands? First answer: What is? Well, I mean, they're just just at bars. So when girls know about it's, bars, what's up with that? I I, I have no idea. I, this to me, mm-hmm. sorry, John, and I don't want to totally sidetrack this here. Well, all we've done is sidetrack. reeks of misogyny. It's okay for me and my friends to go. But I wouldn't yeah. ever want a woman to go I here. Did, I this is a man's that. club, and it's fine for us, but women are too fragile and dainty for this, a place okay. like this. I think you're adding a lot in there. I think he's saying, like, it's seedy, and so the type of girl that he wants to meet probably shouldn't be at this place, which still, your point, makes sense. Right. You added, like, a lot of adjectives uh, in there that, that he is not that saying. That line deeply offends me. Apparently, your face. <laughs> okay, but then also, before you answer the follow-up question, mm-hmm. what is it him and his friends are treating like a race? Is it getting drunk? Or yeah. is it finding a girl to go home with? Oh, I didn't read it like that because I don't know that there's textual evidence anywhere else in the song. But he talks about the girl right after that, right? Yeah. So that that's what made the ghost connect to me. Okay. What can I, I find I, it? There's I like four lyrics. Yeah, because because this next line is, you know, when I really start to break it down, though, so we're treating it like a race, but when I really think about it, should we be trusting girls we meet here? So I read that only as who's going to find a chick to go home with first, which is weird because the song's about being drunk. Sorry. Right, sorry. But drinking, bar, girls, going home, it's all hand in hand. Yeah, yeah So for sure. maybe it's both. Yeah. Now, is there a place that you wouldn't... Well, no, because you'd say that was misogynistic. If there was a place that you go that you wouldn't trust a girl if she knew about it. Yeah. So like I, the gym. I'm going, to re- <laughs> I'm going to remove the gender qualification for it. Oh, okay. A person. Right. Okay. But if somebody... If they're like, oh, you're in Red- yeah, I'm in Redlands. Like, you're out at night. I'm mm-hmm. out at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll be at the vault. Where do you go? And if mm-hmm. the person says, the bird... Samesies. Then I'm like... Yeah. You and I are living very different lives. Yeah, they're not going to get that. They're not going to get it. that. Actually, a large percentage of our audience I noticed today is from Redland. It's so. kind of local. Okay, yeah, so they're so probably my people. Like, yeah, there's, so they're, like, they're all offended friends. right now. <laughs> you heard the story, right? That not too long ago, a couple months ago, someone got their thumb bit off at the bird, right? Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's 
it's rough. Yeah. I went there, so I I went there maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. and I hadn't been there in years, right? Because it's the bird, and I don't go there. Yeah. Um, but I went there just because of Ben. Mm-hmm. Because oh, I don't think I'm ready to tell the story, the whole story yet. But oh, have it wait till Ben comes on. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I I went with with Ben. I was wingmanning Ben mm-hmm. at the time, and. Uh, we walked in and there's this dude sitting at the ca- at the counter, computer screen open, just watching porn. Are you serious? It's totally serious. That's disgusting. Just watching porn at the bird, just okay. sitting at the at the Why bar. Why has Ben even trying to find someone in there? Uh, well, like different conversation. Totally time. different yeah, conversation. We're out of time. Don't trust a girl who knows that place. That's what boy. you just said. I can't trust Ben said. now. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the bird. For those of you who uh, don't know what that is, it's actually called the flamingo. The flamingo. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's often referred to as the dirty bird. That's what, that's what we call it. it. I don't it, know why yeah. you call it the bird. It's just short. Um, I also wanted to say that I think whiskey's gross. Like, is there something else in the whiskey, like to make it fruity and delicious? Hey, okay, so check this like out. Like a Coke. Um, Sam, my wife, bought me for birth for my birthday, Christmas, same week. It's um, literally the same thing. <laughs> she got me this, uh, like, whiskey sour is one of our go-to drinks. Oh, okay, um, that, that would we, make it that taste different. Like. Yeah, and she got me this infusion kit mm-hmm. that you, like, infuse your whiskey with, like, it's got, like, dried pomegranates and dried lemons, and it, you, use, I used it. So like, you're making it, like, sangria? It's just like it's in, yeah, Sangria giving it a, 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 a fruit tinge to it, and mm-hmm. actually, it's really good. That mixed with lemonade is actually really okay. good. Okay, I'm just gonna say that I don't think John's singing about whiskey, whiskey, lemonade, sangria. Yeah, I think he's just like straight, straight up whiskey. Because so, he's in a race, he can't mess around with sangria. My, my boy Ben, who I've mentioned a couple times, just mentioned literally five seconds he ago. He literally just called <laughs> two yeah, seconds ago. Ben, don't call us while we're recording. Um, and uh, he drinks whiskey soda. Okay. Which is a, a tough drink, and Sam will get that sometimes if That's she... That's like Coke with whiskey. No. Oh, it's like, like a specific... soda water. Ew, ew. So it's just like carbonated water. No, I don't understand yeah. that. And so Sam will get that sometimes if she's like, I'm drinking, but I don't want to drink a lot. Mm-hmm. Because I'll it's... drink something disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> and it's so hard to drink. As a Midori sour drinker, uh-huh. back in the day, I would have like a sugar hangover, not an alcohol hangover. Oh, yeah. Because I would drink so much because it tasted like liquid candy to me. And I, like, I'm not a big old-fashioned drinker. No. I had a Sazerac once, and it was a, that was a rough... Never even drink. heard of that. Yeah, it's these are all just like been heavy whiskey. It's like drinks. that girl's last name. I have a Z in it. Yeah. Z's throw me off. Um, before we run out of time, we should tell them that it's their turn. Hey, it's your turn. <laughs> so Tag, you're it. Pick the next song. Please don't pick one off Born and Raised because <laughs> they, let's, let's <laughs> an album like Continuum or right. any of them would be good. Maybe some of the earlier stuff. But you guys throw it up. Go to Atmere Studies immediately. Hopefully you've gone there already because the prelims are probably over where I take suggestions. Then we throw up polls. And, yeah, I look forward to seeing what it is you guys want to discuss. But you know what? It's your choice, not Jill. So choose what? whatever you want. No! Pick Anarchy. Don't let her direct you. Anarchy isn't an album. <laughs> <laughs> you guys get to choose. Choose something good that we can dig our, our, sink our teeth into. Dig our teeth into. Dig our teeth into. And then uh, look for our new podcast about alcohol and addiction coming <laughs> To a streaming platform near you. I literally can't have one more podcast. After we do our Machine Gun Kelly podcast. I don't know if we have enough content for that. We really don't. We'll let you guys go. If you're still listening, thanks. This is a long one. It is. Uh, Thank you guys for for, uh, hanging with us. See you at Hotel Cafe. You ain't seen nothing yet.